Hello, and welcome to the Project Good podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Hilton. Project Good is a social impact podcast interviewing experts and advocates about the pressing problems that we face globally and hearing how they suggest we move forward in the future. The Project Good podcast is brought to you by Project Good Work. The goal of this podcast is to inspire people and organizations to develop a mindset that can move others to positive action regarding the complex social issues facing people and the planet. For January, we're focusing on creating community. Do you know your neighbor? If you existed before your cell phone was your best friend, you might remember going over to people's houses to see if they were home to hang out instead of checking their Facebook. Maybe you hosted a regular neighborhood barbecue, spoke to your neighbors on the street about the yard that needed mending. These were the moments you looked forward to when you got home. Today, according to Brown University Research Fellow Mark Dunkelman in his book, The Vanishing Neighbor, the transformation of American community, communities have been replaced with networks in which people keep in touch with only their closest friends and family. Gone is the age of township. Instead, the common story today tends to be, we don't know who lives next door to us and we're not trying to get to know them. What if we could turn back the clock? Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Barry Braun, who is the founder of Happy Community Project and Happy Community Builders, who created these organizations because he believed his grandchildren would need the support of their community as our world continues to evolve. Throughout the pandemic, Happy Community Project and Happy Community Builders continue to lead the way in bringing people back together. Let's get into the interview. Loneliness has been on the rise before the pandemic, and it only became more apparent during these last few years amongst the teenagers and young adults as bouncing back from the pandemic and returning to its to normal has not been what people thought it would be. Across the country and around the world, people saw for the first time how important human connection was to their well-being. As we look towards an uncertain future, building community will be critical to our success. Leading the way to strong communities is Barry Vaughn with his community, with his organizations, Happy Community Project and Happy Community Builders. With these organizations, he's been able to help people see the vital role of creating a neighborhood and getting people connected through volunteering, working together and gathering to bring life to the world and to themselves. Welcome, Barry. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much, Mary. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing today? <laughs> Hi, I'm doing great. And that's a wonderful introduction. Thank you. All right. No, thanks for uh, taking your time today. Um, so before we get into the interview, I always like to just ask people just random things um, just to get them kind of uh, comfortable and also to find out a little bit more about them. Um, so um, in my research and preparing for this interview, I saw that before you used to um, be an engineer um, and uh, and I guess you still do a little bit of business consulting. Um, I said, I guess, how did those two kind of uh, I guess, uh, professions lead you to start uh, community uh, project and community builders, if at all, or you decided maybe to, I guess, uh, start a new avenue? Ah, that's, nobody's asked me that one before. Thank you so much. So engineers are about problem solving. They're, they're, they're really good at solving problems. And uh, business people are really good at figuring out processes that make stuff happen. 
And so when you put those two things together, uh, at least the way I figured it out, uh, when you look at what what is the real problem, getting a good definition of the problem, and that's and you I think you described it quite well, is the uh, the uh, disintegration of the sense of community that we used to have, uh, and how do you actually turn that turn that around again, uh, and do that in a in a in a way that adds process to, to doing it, uh, then you can come up with a solution that might actually work. So that's how I approached it. Okay, so very uh, I guess that uh, it makes sense. I guess from an engineer, methodically. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so yes. Um, so. Uh, you know, as as uh, you know, everybody in the whole world experienced the pandemic, and I think um, there were uh, tons of takeaways. And um, I think that we're still unwrapping the takeaways <laughs> every day <laughs> from this um, from yeah. this uh, uh, crisis or ongoing um, um, uh, chaos, I'll call it. Um, and so, I think one of the things that we found out. Um, and, you know, it was kind of the, I think there were two things that kept um, being said over and over that I was just like, I had enough of these sayings anymore, or are it's unprecedented, and we're all in this together. <laughs> Those were the two things I remember that were said, like, every day during the pandemic. And uh, I guess, you um, know, some places are still in the pandemic, but those are the, like, taglines. And I was like, absolutely. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, this, this of course, we're going and look at the we're all this in this together um, because we're looking at the importance of community and what we have um, learned uh, as humans um, a little bit more about of our, ourselves because of these last few years. And so what do you believe um, has really changed in the last, uh, I would say, you know, maybe 30, maybe, maybe more, um, uh, I guess maybe you know, I'm not a hysteria, uh, historian, but maybe, you know, um, the last sure. time we can have like, um, you know, I'll say kind of a, uh, you know, classic community kind of um, feel was maybe the 80s or something like that. Uh, that's, um, about, that's about right. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, community has been foundational for humanity since humans became humans. It, we've relied on community for our well-being and survival forever until around the 1980s <laughs> and then <laughs> and then something something started to happen we started emphasizing uh, the importance of self-reliance and independence uh, we, we we started using the word freedom in a new way freedom to be independent and basically not responsible for anybody else just myself uh, and then that's when we started moving down the path towards loneliness. Uh, the, the statistics today in the United States are, as you referred to anecdotally, I think are around 75% of the population does not know their next door neighbor. And, and, and so we've lost the sense of interdependence that we used to have, which is what community means. And uh, also, we've lost our sense of responsibility for each other, which is also what community means. And so, through the Happy Community Builders and Happy Community Project, what we're refocusing on 
is enabling people to just simply know each other again and out of knowing each other develop a sense of belonging and out of that sense of knowing and belonging assuming a responsibility for looking out for each other for caring about each other one of the things i hear all the time is people long for it they want that again uh, and i think covid taught us how important <laughs> that really is, that we aren't as independent and self-reliant as we thought we were, uh, that we are actually interdependent upon each other. And so uh, I, I think there's a strong desire in the world again, at least this is the feedback I continuously get, is for longing for the communities that used to be where people were uh, looking out for each other, and we did know our neighbors and that sort of thing. But unfortunately, uh, a lot of places have lost knowing how to create that community again. Yes, and I think that's, you know, um, uh, <laughs> I, I think we see that, you know, um, almost daily. Uh, people you know, I've had episodes where I talked about how people do not know how to interact with each other anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, you know, that's a, a variety of things, I think, obviously being locked away for <laughs> two years. It's hard to, every time I say that, it's hard to believe <laughs> that we were locked away for two years. Um, yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, so that obviously um, we have like a, this uh, global mental health crisis um, because, uh, you know, as humans, we're, we're social creatures. Um, and so that's, you know, um, uh, contributed to that. But, you know, before the pandemic, as I was mentioning in the introduction, is that uh, there is a lone, there was a loneliness um, epidemic happening before that. And so Absolutely. one of the and one of the things that, you know, uh, really drew me to, um, you know, interviewing you is that, uh, you know, people have forgotten how to be a neighbor. And so I think it's important, even if you can define what is a neighbor <laughs> to people, they don't even well, know, like they're like, you know, um, at, at, yeah, this, at this beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Once once upon a long time ago, uh, we used to live in a in a world where the doors weren't locked and if you needed a cup of sugar, you just wandered into the house next door and if they weren't home, you, you, you let them know that you bored a cup of sugar. Uh, uh, we've gone a long ways away from that uh, to the present time, but uh, uh, what, we, uh, what people are longing for is the ability to actually be able to trust their neighbor, but We've been trained to be afraid of people. I, I had a I had a sort of a seminal experience in my work when I was early on doing this. This was before COVID. Uh, I would put people in a room, fifteen or twenty people in a room, and I did this several times. And I'd say, you know, why don't we just do something really simple? Why don't you just go knock on your neighbor's door and say, "Hi, I'm your neighbor. I'm here if you need any help." And one in four people would say that they wouldn't do that, that they couldn't do that. And, hmm. the, re and the reason, you know, I, I found this strange that they couldn't do that. So I asked them, you know, why can't you do this? And they said, well, I'm not qualified. What do you mean you're not qualified? 
well, I haven't taken the course. You think they're cursing how to be a neighbor? I'm <laughs> not on somebody's door. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, I haven't been uh, checked for police and uh, you know uh, for criminal and sex offenders. And <laughs> and mm-hmm. if and if I did knock on their door and something went wrong, they'd sue me and I'd lose my house. Uh, I found that incredibly disappointing because. It tells you tells us how afraid we are of each other. We're you know everybody is dangerous in our minds, and and it, uh, the statistics are that people are no more dangerous today than they were forty years ago or fifty years ago. But we've learned that uh, that we believe that people are dangerous, and so we're we're afraid to reach out to them. Uh, what is yeah. <clears throat> I was just going to say yes, no, because, you know, instantly when you were talking about, you know, um, I, I totally uh, was relating to that, the, the, the trust factor, because now, you know, everybody just, you know, uh, and I don't know if it's because we've all been like uh, watching too many shows of horror and everything like that. Um, but yes, everybody's always thinking, you know, the neighbor next door might be, a, you know, a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And they're not, right? Very, very <laughs> unlikely that they are, but, but, but we think that. So one of the things that we're doing to help uh, deal with that is we're creating, you know, people are now s- stuck on their phones or, or, or everything happens on the screen. Uh, so one of the things that we're doing to counter that, those kind of fears and get people connected with each other again is we've created uh, something called my good neighbor app and uh, it's just being launched now uh, it's it's just in the process of being launched uh, and the idea of the my good neighbor app is it's an anti-social social media app uh, and so so what we mean by anti-social social media app is that most people want to know that their neighbors are there for them for support and that sort of thing so you use this app to actually connect with neighbors. Uh, you have to go, uh, the only way the app works is if you actually are in close proximity to them. So your phone won't talk to their phone unless you can actually uh, connect, uh, be in clo- 30, within 30 feet of them. Otherwise, uh, so it's not about going online and re- joining another Facebook or something. It's about actually knowing going over to your neighbor and say hey i'm a good neighbor and i'd like to help you out if you need help and and i'd like you to be my good neighbor too is that okay and then the two join and then from there there's a a way of uh, uh, reaching out to each other saying you know there's something going on in my neighborhood and uh, maybe it's the old tree at the end of the street that's dying and what should we do about it and the only way that you can respond to that is uh, the meeting's at my house tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And you can say, I'll be there or not be there, but you can't talk about what you should do about the old tree. You have to actually show up and talk about what you'll do with the old tree. Yeah. So, it, <laughs> it, 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 so it's a, it, it, it goes on with other functions that also, you know, like I'm, I'm going away on uh, holidays and I need somebody to water my tulips for me. Uh, and again, the only way somebody can respond is to either call you or, or knock on your door and say, hey, I'll take care of your, your tulips for you. Uh, so I like that. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so that that's one of our ways of trying to rebuild neighborhoods as as the way they used to be of neighbors, and getting people to actually talk to each other and know each other and, and count on each other. I like that. Yeah, taking something that you know used to be commonplace and adding, um, you know, a little a little touch of technology to it to get people, um, yeah. I guess, comfortable because that's what they're used to these days. <laughs> Everything yeah. is done through a through a machine. Exactly. Um, uh, one of the things I, I wanted to kind of talk about in, in this whole thing of um, understanding what is a neighbor and how to be a neighbor, um, this is, I think, uh, pushed through um, uh, media and um, and it's kind of been, uh, I guess you could say, I guess for a lack of a better term, I'll call it a trend that, you know, um, uh, the glorification of uh, uh, of families and and and. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I know there's like two two parts of this, you know, uh, families in some cases have been, you know, uh, falling apart. But then there is this um, uh, kind of a media push of like, you know, um, uh, your family being so, um, I guess, uh, interconnected or so connected that that is your your tribe. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing and, and, you know, obviously there's nothing um, inherently wrong about your family being your tribe because they are the people who, you know, gave you birth, you know, you grew up with them and things like that. But in doing that, it becomes um, sort of like a. <laughs> Uh, this is my personal opinion, but kind of like uh, I'll take it like uh, um, soccer or football teams. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, if you are rooting for uh, one team, you, you know, you know, the other team that there uh, that there is the opponent. And so um, families become sort of like these teams and then other um, families then become uh, opponents. And we have, uh, I guess, um, uh, a loss that um, connection that okay yeah we are you know maybe the the uh, the Jones family and you know uh, and then there's the Williams family but doesn't mean it's the Jones versus the the Williams family yeah um, so so you know what are I guess what are families missing these days in in regards to how they are um, you know maybe it's the uh, communication, I guess, within the family or something like that. How, um, well, you know, what are families missing that they can't connect with another family? There, there's a quite a lot that's packed into what you just said there, and there's at least two mm -hmm. really big ideas. So, first of all, family, uh, our society is much more mobile than it used to be, and uh, and so. Family are close emotionally, but they're not necessarily close physically. So uh, if you need somebody to run down to the drugstore for you because you're sick and you can't get out, and your children or, or uncles or whatever they are live on the other side of the country, they're not going to do it for you. <laughs> so, so, so when family... You know, a lot of people, part of the reason for loneliness is because uh, family is not necessarily close by. Uh, uh, the other idea in which you had there is that we have developed comp competition as being normal in a zero-sum game, uh, which means that... Uh, 
if you got something, then I didn't get it. And I, I'm a loser in that. So if you, if, so, so we've got this competitive attitude, a competitive style of doing things. It's ingrained to us, in us from when we first start school, at the very least, and maybe even earlier, uh, that uh, there's winners and losers, and winners get stuff and losers lose stuff. But research recently has been, uh, there's been quite a lot of research that's happened recently that shows that cooperation gets us all a lot more than competition does. Where there is a huge net gain for everybody through cooperation. Uh, and that we all become winners through cooperation. Uh, right now, for example, uh, uh, there's uh, a lot of talk about global warming. And there's two ways of approaching that. I'm going to burn up as much gasoline as I possibly can right now uh, so that I have some sort of advantage. Or we can all ask ourselves, what can we cooperatively do where we all use up less fossil fuels and make our, our world a better place? Our survival, the survival of humanity, is based on we have to cooperate about this because if we don't cooperate about this, if it's one country against another country or one community against another community, we're all going to lose. Nobody's going to win. And so, so that's just a, a, a metaphorical example of the power of cooperation. Uh, and so communities, healthy communities, bringing this back to a community, Healthy communities are where we are cooperative with each other. Uh, we look out for each other. I might do a favor for you today, and it, it, it doesn't get me any gain whatsoever other than it gets me a social gain where I can expect that because I did something good for you today, you or somebody else will do something good for me tomorrow when I need it. And that's that. So I think this idea of competitiveness, which is what you were bringing out, the, the uh, Joneses versus the Williams, or the Hatfield versus the McCoys, is I think the more classical example of it, uh, uh, is that uh, uh, it's 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 a it's a it's a concept that's passed in time. Uh, if we keep competing with each other. We become more divisive. We get the kind of politics that's going on in your country right now. We get uh, uh, the uh, world going down a path of uh, ec uh, environmental disaster. And we end up being shuttering ourselves in our houses alone because we don't want anybody to have an advantage over us, so the best way of doing that is not interact with them except in an aggressive way to take, see if we can get something from them. And that's just not going to work out very well for anybody. Yes, and um, <clears throat> one of the things in kind of, uh, you brought up uh, that cooperation is 
you know, um, uh, essential, um, you know, not only for us, but for our, our world. And so one of the things I think that people just um, uh, have lost or don't understand because we are in this, uh, you know, um, uh, I guess you'd say self-focused and uh, competitive nature. Um, there's the reason I think that everybody's going to say, why, why, why would I want community? What are, what would you say are the purposes of community? Well, uh, so this is not me saying it. This is research saying it. We have greater mental health. We have greater physical health. We have greater economic health when we cooperate with each other, when we commune with each other, when we don't see each other as an enemy, but we see each other or a threat, but we see each other as an ally. And so uh, the, the, the benefit is that we're happier, <laughs> we're healthier, <laughs> and we're economically better off, generally speaking. If we, if, if we cooperate with each other in community, if we, if we actually look for opportunities to help each other, if we uh, don't see each other as a competitor but as an ally, as somebody trustworthy rather than someone to be afraid of. Now, not you know, they're, they're, not everybody is going to be trustworthy, but if you live in a neighborhood uh, and everybody knows everybody in the neighborhood, it becomes pretty clear who's not the trustworthy person pretty soon. It becomes common knowledge. And okay, well, you treat an untrustworthy person as untrustworthy, but... Uh, generally speaking, that will be a very small percentage of the neighborhood, <clears throat> and uh, and 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 so you'll be able to learn to trust so many other people around you. One of the biggest things that we deal with is fearfulness. We're afraid. We want security. We want safety. Well, the best way to have safety is to know who's around you and who you can trust and who you can't trust. And you can't do that by assuming that everybody is untrustworthy you have to actually know them <laughs> get to know them <laughs> so simple but true but that's you know <laughs> that that's true you know how do you know if you can trust if you don't know them <laughs> exactly yes um one of the biggest things of course to think about this is uh you know um the young people who are growing up um now i would say um Ah, probably maybe the teenagers and a little bit younger, how all of this, this experiences that they're seeing, you know, we've already we went through a pandemic. We have, you know, um, in, in the U.S. Uh, mass polarization and I guess now global polarization around, um, yeah. uh, you know, different different issues. Um, you know, what do we need to worry about um, for future generations? They're seeing all of this, um, uh, you know, they're living in a world of conflict and chaos. Well, I, I, my simple way of getting out of all of that is to reestablish community around myself. And if we all do that, if we all establish community, reestablish community, learn how to be community-oriented, community if we take responsibility for the, the well-being of what goes on around us, 
rather than leave it up to they should do something about that, then uh, then I think we can all feel a little safer. We can feel a lot, a little more comfortable with each other, and we can feel uh, that uh, there's greater hope in the world because we'll be in much more positive experiences than we will be in in the negative experiences. The, the news is never going to change. The news is always going to be negative. But we can have positive experiences around us all the time. And wouldn't it be great if we couldn't have positive experiences with the people who live closest to us, our neighbors? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, now to transition a little bit and talk about um, your two organizations, Happy um, Community Project and Happy Community Builders. Um, yeah. I wanted to um, dive into how you have started to create a solution to um, this lack of community that we are seeing uh, globally. And um, I guess let's start at the beginning. Uh, let's tell me about Happy Community Project and Happy Community Builders. How did you come up with this idea and how did you start? Well, it started with me reflecting on my grandchildren's future. Uh, that, that was about 11 years ago now. And I was looking out into their future and, and, and seeing a picture and I, and I decided I wanted to do something about it. I wanted to mitigate that outcome the best that I possibly could. Uh, and where that led me is uh, to community, uh, community being the foundation of our humanity's well-being. We've depended on community forever uh, for our well-being. Uh, and me noticing that community was going in the opposite direction of breaking up and being, people becoming isolated and separate from each other, uh, that, that became the focus of what I wanted to do. So my background uh, as a career person was uh, that I was a uh, business coach for uh, executives uh, and entrepreneurs, and often that led me into cultural change. And what I know is that story drives behavior. We live by the stories that we, we have. So you and Marie and my, myself, we each have our own personal story, and we live by those stories. They guide our behavior. If we look at what we do, we can see that it's consistent, for the most part, with the story that we have about ourselves. And the same is true about community. What I've learned is that communities have a story, and if I talk to uh, half a dozen or a dozen people in a community, there will be a common thread that they come up with. You know, say, you know, we're so divisive uh, that all we do is fight about things. Or they'll say that uh, uh, that uh, we're, it's such a wonderful place. We know everybody and what a great place to live. Whatever the story is, they'll live by it. And so for the communities that are struggling to be communities, what we learned how to do is to shift the community story. Uh, that's what we call Happy Community Project. We, we've learned that we can actually uh, take people through a, an 18-month process, a community through an 18-month process, where the community citizens themselves give themselves new experiences, and through those new experiences come up with a different story, uh, a story that is in the direction of 
isn't it great to know each other around here and how what, we accept all the people who are in our community, including the people who are different than what we would normally think of ourselves as, and that we look out for each other, we care about each other. So that becomes part of their story, and then that changes, that's how they behave. And so then they become a much more robust community. And in the process, what we've learned is that they also become economically more prosperous as a community, uh, as well as just having a better, greater sense of well-being. So that's one of the things we do. That's called Happy Community Project. And Happy Community Builders takes a different, little different tact than that. Happy Community Builders is about, um, the world is filled with people who are trying to make communities better. Uh, they're, they're, sometimes they're called community developers, sometimes they're called change makers, sometimes they're called community builders, sometimes they're just called Personal, I have a project that I want to do in the community, but they're all <laughs> doing the same sort of work. They're trying to make their community a better place to live. And uh, what we've found uh, through experience is that many of these people are feel that they're 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 living in a silo. That they're 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 doing this really hard work, but they're being unappreciated, and it's uh, not. It's, an, it's a, a forever job that never goes away and that they're doing it with a sense of aloneness. And so what we've done is we've created a platform called Happy Community Builders. And on that platform, the community builders get to provide peer-to-peer -peer support for each other. They put on workshops. We have a workshop pretty much every week that one of, you know, they bring a lot of expertise, these happy community builders. They bring a lot of experience and expertise from a lot of different perspectives. And they share that with each other through workshops. They form groups to work on special projects. They engage themselves in conversations. We hold at least a one monthly conversation where anybody can join on it. Uh, called coffee connections, and uh, and 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 when someone's struggling with something, they put a call out, and uh, if, if it if if there isn't an actual real solution to it, at least they get the moral support from people who know what they're going through. So that's called happy community builders. So those are the two ways that we're we're working at trying to enable people to build more. Uh, uh, connected and belonging and caring communities. Now, I guess, how do, how do, I guess, how do people find out about you? Um, do they just find you online? Is it something that you do an outreach? Um, because sure. obviously in the world, there's tons of communities. Um, so uh, how yeah. do people start working with you? Well, uh, if they're a community builder and the easiest place to start is to go to happycommunitybuilders.com uh, uh, and so community builder it can be a, a lay person a, a, an ordinary citizen or it can be a professional whose career it is they both are there so it's happycommunitybuilders.com uh, if it's someone who wants to do something specific in their community and change how their community functions uh, then that's Happy Community Project. So it's happycommunityproject.com. Now, 
Um, as I was uh, reading up and uh, preparing for this interview, I realized that you um, had a, a global reach in changing communities, that you've even yes. worked with communities in um, India and made a you know remarkable um, dif difference. So I'm sure from there you have a maybe a best story about um, a community that you saw the most dramatic change or, you know, touched your heart or something of that sort. Can you tell us about your uh, favorite story or best story? Sure. So yes, we have we've ha had experience. Uh, well, <laughs> just the other day we were having a, a conversation amongst community builders, and there was a fellow from England, and the rest of the people were spread across Canada. Uh, uh, we didn't have somebody from the United States, but we often do in those conversations. But on that particular one, but what the guy from England said was that you know I just learned something here. I just learned that it doesn't matter where the community is in the world, we're all dealing with the same issues. We're all dealing with the same problems and we're all, all working at trying to, to make our communities the same kind of communities, communities that are connected, belonging and caring. So that to me was a big success. Uh, uh, I, I, another story might be uh, one that comes from close to my own home. It's called Windsor, Nova Scotia. Uh, and uh, Windsor had a community story that was uh, the, the, the divisive story. We're, we're so divisive here. This, this is how the story went. We're so divisive here. We'll, we, we always just fight about everything. If there's a good idea about it that comes up, we'll just fight about it until it dies. Nothing ever happens here. And they made that story true. <laughs> they fought about everything <laughs> and nothing ever happened in Windsor, Nova Scotia. Uh, so we, we, we brought the Happy Community Project to them. And uh, they, uh, uh, the community citizens rallied around this idea. And uh, about a year later, the story started changing. And it started changing to... You know, what a great community. You know, there's so much happening here. And look at how we look out for each other. Look at how we care for each other. And then they'd come up with some example of, of somebody who would never have been cared for in the past was now being cared for. <clears throat> and so it, it, it speaks to how the dramatic, the transformation can actually really be in a community from one kind to another kind. You bring so, up an important point as you're as you're um, as you were saying that um, you know of uh, uh, when you started in that community they had kind of a, a negative outlook on everything and then um, once they started having a more positive and saying positive things it, it transformed or um, blossomed into somewhere that everybody was uh, you know proud to be um, a part of and live and so. You know, that leads me to ask about what the keys are to creating a community, because obviously um, one of the things is, uh, you know, you have to uh, believe, I guess, that you can change your community and, um, uh, you know, change your mentality, as you just mentioned with this, um, this example. Yeah. So, yes, you, you have to believe it's possible. And the first step is creating a sense of possibility for the community. That, that it's, you know, as, as challenging and as daunting as it might be and as it, how, how, how historically entrenched the attitudes seem to be, 
you want to create a sense that this doesn't have to be this way in the future, that it is possible. And then, but that story isn't uh, good enough in its own right. You know, possibility is, it creates hope and may create some energy for people to do things, but it doesn't necessarily make the change itself. So what then has, well, the way, <clears throat> sorry, the way, the way that we, I describe it is it's like building an onion from the inside out. So you've heard of peeling the onion to get the, the core essence. Well, this metaphor goes the other way. You start with a, an onion seed and you build an onion from the inside out. And so you start with the little things uh, where people can start having an experience that's different than what they used to have. And then uh, that then starts attracting more people to it. So the onion gets a little bit bigger and you keep giving them more and different experiences. Uh, one experience isn't enough, uh, but you give them continuous ongoing and multiple experiences. And when that starts happening, they start, they start changing their belief system where this story comes from. And then with, with that process, they also start changing the story. So it's, it's, it's a little bit about creating hope. It's a little bit about getting a core group of people to lead it. It's a little bit about uh, those core pe group of people uh, creating experiences for people, other people, uh, and building on those experiences so that they, those experiences are constantly growing and constantly being not just one project, but multiple projects that are giving multiple kinds of different experiences. And through that, then the, 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 the people just start, you know, through their experience, say, hey, this is, that old story doesn't fit anymore. We've got a new story now. Okay. So that's, that's how we do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, uh, since there are so many um, communities in the world that are in turmoil um, right now for various reasons and at different levels, and you know maybe it was a great community, but because um, they haven't seen each other in a while, the things yeah. that they used to do, um, you know, fell away, or you know, there's yeah. nobody to bring them back. Um, what would you say is the one thing that everyone um, in any community can start implementing um, to uh, start building community again? Uh, well, I think appreciation would be uh, a good step, and reaching out to strangers. So there, there's, uh, that's two things, not one thing. Uh, so the people who are actually trying to do something to make the community better often get uh, uh, two pieces of feedback that is very discouraging for them. One is, ah, you're doing it wrong. Uh, and why are you doing that? You're wasting your time. That's sort of negative feedback. And the other is, well, you should. I'm going to stay over here and not do anything, but I'm going to tell you, you should be doing something different than what you're doing. And meanwhile, they're working their heart out, working, putting a great deal of effort in, and somebody's piling something else on them that they should do, and, well, they're not taking personal any responsibility for it. So one is, I think, just go out and appreciate the people who are trying to do something. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for trying to make our community a better place. That would be one. The other one is start 
bringing people together. Reach out. Reach out to your neighbor and say, hi, I live next door to you, and this is who I am. Who are you? Right? And, 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 and bring neighborhoods together. Start having a street party for the neighborhood. It can be in my backyard, or it can, we can block off the street and have it on the street. Whatever, whatever works in your neighborhood. But, but do something simple, sim, similar to that. I, I mean, I, I said street. It may not be street because a lot of people live in apartment buildings. So, hey, we're having a party on, uh, for our, our, our apartment floor. I can't go around knocking all the doors and invite them over for a party in the hallway. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be inside, inside the apartment, right? Have an apartment floor party. Uh, uh, those would be things that would get things started as relatively simple things to do. Yeah, so reach out and touch someone, <laughs> essentially. That, yes, as yeah. I used to say. I, mean, I guess you can't touch them, but, but maybe exactly. these days, but yes, but yes, yeah, exactly. but reach out. Mm -hmm. Community is, you know, common, in common, commune with each other, right? Well, do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And so I just have, I have two more questions for you. Um, so in starting Community Happy Project and Community uh, Builders, what has been the biggest lessons that you have learned? You can just give me one or two. Uh, so, well, the biggest lesson is how much people are longing for a sense of community. Almost everybody wants more sense of community than what they have. Uh, they simply don't know how to do it. They don't know how to go about it. Uh, and so that's, the, I think, probably the biggest lesson is that, and uh, well, and there's another big lesson. People want to do something about it. Not only do they want the community, but they want to do something about it. So I gave you the example of, of Windsor, Nova Scotia. Windsor is a small community of 12,000 people. It's not a big, huge metropolitan place. 700 people in that 18-month period, volunteered their time to come forward and help make their community a happier community. People wanted to do that. They wanted to contribute to making the community a happier place. And it only took a little bit of leadership to show them what they could be doing to make that happen. So people want a happier community, and they want themselves to do something about it. They just don't know how or what. So you give them a wow and a, a how and a what, and they'll show up. Now, those are the, my... those, those are the <laughs> I mean, we, we keep hearing that, you know, there's no volunteers anymore. Uh, we, we keep hearing that over and over again. The, the young people don't volunteer. Nobody's volunteered. The, just the old people are tired and are getting out of the volunteering thing and everybody else is too busy. Uh, that's what we keep hearing over and over again. But our personal, my personal experience is that's not true. You just have to give them a really good reason and show them how. And the good reason is we're going to build a community here. We're going to build a place where people care about each other. They want that. And they'll help you do that. 
Yes, definitely. I think uh, there is a um, uh, um, a, a super hunger, just not even uh, here, but just uh, around the world for um, uh, connection um, and uh, to belong. I would say, I, I guess I would say one of, to sum up, um, uh, I guess one of the key lessons of 2020 is uh, uh, belonging is important <laughs> as, 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 uh, as we see it. I think that's when it comes down to the, the, the core of all the things that we're seeing kind of spill over what I'm calling the after effects of everything that has unfolded from um, the, uh, you know, uh, social unrest is, you know, you saw people out there in the streets of uh, various countries protesting for this and that um, yeah. for, um, you know, uh, obviously economics, uh, everything is that there's this, you know, sense of, um, you know, I, I want to have my place. <laughs> it, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And that's, I, I would sum it up. That's why everybody, uh, the, the, what we're facing is a crisis that people don't feel like they have a, um, I guess, a, a place in, in the world. And they realize that after being <laughs> locked up to think about it. <laughs> uh, ab yes. Absolutely. And, you know, th th there's, th there's research on gangs, uh, some parts of the United States have gangs, and uh, we do here in Canada as well. And the the research on gangs why do why do the kids why do the young people join gangs? Just to belong. They need a place to belong. It's fundamental to humans that we need a place to belong. And what greater place to belong than in the with the people who we live around? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And well, the answer is so simple, but we make it so complex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, to wrap things up, uh, what would you say is your your big dream for your organization? Ah, uh, so my big dream is that we can contribute. Actually, here's here. I was going to say one thing, but I, 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 I'm going to say this instead. That, that part of the reasons why communities struggle these days is we're all part of a bigger story, and that bigger story is economic growth is the only thing that really matters. If we have enough economic growth, we'll be able to solve all of our problems except that we know that's not true because we've been living under that promise for a hundred years and it hasn't happened yet. So my big dream is that we change our story that we live under as a community, as a state, as a nation to one where we, <clears throat> we are a community and we are there to support each other. And economy is there to support us as a community. If you could imagine for a moment that your politicians, your bureaucrats, your business people, and your fellow citizens all had our sense of responsibility for the well-being of community, how many problems would we have? Would we have the divisiveness? Would we have the poverty? Would we have the environmental problems that we have? Would we, you know, would, would we have homelessness? Would we have these, these problems that are so huge in our society these days? 
that we never seem to be able to solve? Would, we, would they be as immense if we all put community as the number one agenda for everything that we do? And everything else was there to support it, including economy, rather than 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 community is a is is a resource to be used to make more economy. Yes, I think right? that's definitely uh, if we you know if we saw ourselves as as uh, you know um, uh, as a community and community being connected um, to each yeah. other. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and wanting to work for the betterment of each other, then we could probably have solved almost all of our problems. <laughs> exactly. So that's yeah. my really big dream for all, not, <laughs> not just for Happy Community Project and Happy Community Builders, but for my grandchildren and all the other grandchildren of the world. So we can get to a way of thinking like that. So that, uh, and, and so my dream for Happy Community Project and Happy Community Builders is we become part of the agency that helps shift that conversation to where community is more important than economic growth. Yes, I think that's uh, fantastic because I think obviously if we have community, growth and it all kind of uh it works together then you'll probably have economic growth because it motivates people because they're you know um looking to um look out for um the other person's uh you know good and not just themselves uh so thank you so much um for that insight so um thank you uh, mr Vaughn, for your time and insight to learn more about barry Vaughn, go to happycommunitybuilders.com if you have a passion for an unserved community, a social justice problem, or want to change minds, contact Project Good Work at projectgood.work to start your project of change today. We'd like to send our deepest gratitude to our ongoing show supporter, Blair Chapman. Subscribe to our mailing list at projectgood.work slash subscribe to get our episodes and blog articles sent to you each month. Plus get a 10% discount on any project you start on projectgood.work. <laughs> to our listeners, thanks for tuning in to Project Good, where we're focused on what matters. Mm -hmm.